the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. There's a lot of ways to become financially savvier and smarter. I know that for a lot of people, this show is an aspiration. I want you to get wealthy enough to retire. I know a lot of you are living paycheck to paycheck. Some of you have been burglared. Some of you are stressed. Some of you have never started a 401k and suddenly you're looking 50 straight in a mirror. I'm not going to be able to help everyone. But in the process, there's little things that you can do to make things a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. I can go over the 20 things that you need to do to create wealth, but you typically have to start in your 20s or 30s, but definitely no later than 40. You wait too long, you're not going to have enough time to figure out the nuances. One of the nuances that you learn early on are credit cards. And I'm pro credit card. It sounds insane that I'm saying, yeah, go take out a loan for 20%. I'm saying pay it back. Now, why do I like credit cards points? When I was 20, I had this very naive idea that one day when I get married, I'll have children. And one day, I probably won't have enough wealth. But when my children get married, I'll give them points, millions and millions of travel points from credit cards. So they can have the trip around the world with their bride. And then I learned credit cards change how points work on a regular basis. I'm like, that sucks. I.e. a million points will get you around the world, but in five years, it's going to take two million points. Not necessarily just due to inflation on the jet fuel and the prices, but because they'll devalue their digital currency. Before there was Bitcoin, there were travel points. Before there was Bitcoin, there were Starbucks points. Before there was Bitcoin, there were V-Bucks in, in video games. All digital currencies. And all can be devalued on the fly. So with credit cards, I'm a big fan. I like them because they can help me monitor my spending. I can see what my family is spending. I can make adjustments and say, guys, 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 June, we're at, you know, $10,000 for restaurants. In July, we need to be back down to $8,000. I'm just making up that number, but you get the idea. Yeah, but do you know what that takes? That takes one to two minutes of your time once a month to take a look at your spending. I used to have all my money information from all my credit cards, all my banks flow into something called mint.com. M-I-N-T.com stands for money intelligence. It was bought by, who was it by, by, Intuit. That's who it was. A friend of mine started the company, Aaron Patsker. Sold the company for quite a few million. Um, stayed on as a consultant and moved on. What it does, it aggregates all your data into a read-only file. Um, so there's no accessing your bank accounts. So for an online budgeting tool to work, you have to have faith that if it gets hacked, 
people don't get into your system. Okay. I have faith in that. But also I spend one to two minutes in various areas a month, making sure that things go well or stay well. So I have an airline card for airline miles. I've got a hotel card for hotel miles slash airline miles. It can work as both. My airline card makes three times points for restaurants and airline reservations. My hotel makes 17 times points for hotel and typically five times for airlines. Then I have a city double cash, which gives 2% back, 1% when you buy, 1% when you pay off the card. Basically everything else. I'm looking at a gas card. I don't know if I really want it, but I get it. Where you can get up to six, 5% off $6,000 of gas per year. Uh, I would strongly look like at a Costco for gasoline. Uh, if you haven't looked at it, it might be worth the membership if you're a heavy driver because of the discounts that you get. But when it comes to summer travel and travel cards, I want to focus on this for a little bit longer. Inflation's at a 40-year high. A friend of mine a couple months ago wanted to take his wife to Hawaii for her 50th anniversary. Now he's like, nope, that's not going to happen. Airline prices have soared. He's feeling the pinch. Had he had an airline credit card, he might feel a little better. He's always used continent uh, American Airlines. And his wife was recently surprised to find that they didn't have enough points to even fly back to New York without incurring $700 of fees. And next year, they're not going to be anywhere near any free flights. Her credit card stinks. Quite simply, it stinks. And they carry a balance. Could it be dumber? But if you fly Delta a lot, Delta, Sky, Gold, American Express card, it's lovely. It can be redeemed for Air France, Aeromexico, and or Delta. You got to find the cards that work for you. I'm not loyal to Southwest enough to say I want a Southwest card because I don't want my loyalty card miles to go to for my flights to LA. I do Southwest for LA, maybe Vegas, and that's it. Um, I'd want a Hawaiian Airlines card except for I don't like the perks of it because I prefer to use the card for going to Hawaii, but I don't like the perks that it gives, so I don't have a Hawaiian. You kind of have to like play a little game with yourself. How do you typically travel? If you fly more than three times a year, an airline card may be a solid fit, especially if you live in a city that serves a major hub like Delta or American. A travel rewards card may better suit you since you'll be able to accrue and redeem points for more than just one airfare on one airline. So if you're a hub flyer like Atlanta, Chicago, San Francisco, Oakland, if you're one that goes on three flights, you may want to go for a pure airline. If you're not very loyal and you're using multiple airlines, go with more of a travel card like the Chase Sapphire. If you have an expensive trip in your future with a particularly costly trip, you can work backwards to see which credit card works best for you. It could be the American Express membership rewards or the Chase Ultimate Rewards. These can be redeemed through cards, respective travel portals. I will find that I find the travel portals incredibly disappointing. So Chase, for instance, Chase Sapphire is a great travel card, but their travel portal is incredibly disappointing. A lot of times you'll find a flight for $800, but you'll go directly to that airline's 
portal and you'll see that it's $600. You're like, oh, I'm using an extra $200 of points because this is how they kind of get right. You got to find what works for you. And again, for me, it's a Chase Sapphire Travel. It's a Hilton American Express. It's a city double cash. Um, and it gives me essentially a lot of options. But I will tell you, I am disappointed with the Chase. Now, the Chase card pays, you have to pay $550 to get a $300 travel credit. And that kind of automatically comes out for Bill. So now you're suddenly paying $250. You're getting a great rewards of $3 of restaurants go straight to flying points. That's great. But again, the portal isn't the best. What's nice about Chase is you can transfer those points to almost any other carrier. Now, the travel portal gives you 150% for your points. So even an $800 flight that is really $600, you're coming out ahead, but you're also going, you're being kind of cheap about this, guys. Some winners uh, that you can take a look at, you can go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com to help you figure out what credit card's appropriate for you and what the perks are. They change on a regular basis. If you're looking for no annual fee, discover it miles. If you're looking for luxury travel, Chase Sapphire Reserve. If you're looking for the best welcome bonus, Chase Sapphire Preferred. If you're looking for the overall winner, I think American Express Gold Card. Uh, if you fly United, United. If you fly Alaska, get an Alaska Airlines card. If you're loyal to Delta, get a Delta Sky Miles. If you're loyal to JetBlue, JetBlue Plus. Yeah, those are probably the best ways to go. And Southwest has one thing every year that you can get a companion fare that you can purchase it. If you tend to travel three or four times with a companion, that's a deal. Now, again, that's part of personal finance and it's part of wisely using points. What I've really come to feel guilty about on points is that I'll talk about a Target red card or Amazon credit card that gives you 5% off on your purchases. And what stinks is that I know my neighbor goes to Amazon and she just spins with a, a debit card. Anytime I see a debit card, I cringe. Anytime I'm at Safeway or at a grocery store or at a restaurant and I see someone pull out a debit card, I'm like, are you dumb? Like that's the first, and again, when I say dumb, I bet you can beat me in Jeopardy. I bet you can beat me in medicine. But in finance, are you financially not smart? And I grew up in a time where slang was accepted and I'm sorry about that. So I shouldn't say financially dumb, but in this case, I'm like, are you financially dumb? That's just the weirdest thing in my head to see a debit card. A debit card is like the most dangerous thing you could have in your wallet next to your social security card and a an address that says, I'm wealthy, rob me here. One minute. So a debit card, if someone steals and they're able to do a swipe, they're able to get a restaurant to uh, buy a meal, you're on the hook for it. That's straight to your cash. The bank owes you nothing. Credit card, you're on the hook for up to 50 bucks. Sometimes it's a little bit more hassle than that, but it's a lot easier than going with a debit card loss. Plus, debit cards don't have that ability to earn points. Now, again, I feel bad because my 5% off at Amazon for someone who has a debit card and doesn't get it, Amazon raises prices so that they can give me the rewards. Crazy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
I'm Rob Black. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's get to June 21st and the day of news and financial issues that we need to be aware of. Longest day of the year. It's the precise moment of the year when the sun appears at its highest point in the sky, marking the first day of summer. Woohoo! Summertime, summertime. Uh, there's going to be a January 6th committee putting a little bit of sunlight on former President Donald Trump's pressure on state officials. Children as young as six months can get a COVID-19 vaccine starting today. Interesting. I don't have any children under six that I know of. Like uh, all just a joke. I'm a good boy. Uh, There's a primary going on in Virginia, Alabama and Washington, D.C. So there's a lot going on. There's a restaurant in Hong Kong that's a floating restaurant that had to be towed last week that is now capsized. (laughs) Someone made a mistake, to say the least, right? You think your day is bad. That's not so bad at all. Uh, Dave Chappelle has surprised fans when he announced that his alma mater, uh, Duke Ellington School of Arts, will not be naming its theater after him. There's too much drama going on with comedians and what they can and cannot say. Um, This is an area that I I cringe because I think freedom of speech is important, even when it offends people. Um, I think George Carlin was genius at what he did. His style of comedy, his style of insight, uh, his style of political satire. Do I think we need to be responsible with it? I do. But this whole Dave Chappelle thing has turned into, if you want him to ever give back to the community, it's probably not going to happen. Is he's been attacked aggressively, whether right or wrong. Just throwing that down there for you. Things to be aware of, in my opinion, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 17.7% for the year. The SP 500 down 22%. The NASDAQ down 31%. Today, we're having a big Uber rally. Is this the bottom? I don't think so, because we probably haven't seen the top of inflation. And we haven't heard the Fed say, you know what? We think we got it contained. We're probably not going to raise. We haven't seen massive layoffs from across America. And we haven't seen earnings cut on the S&P 500 to 10% below where they started the year at. We need to see things like that. Uh, President Biden is saying there's no no smoke here, no smoke here. A recession, there's nothing inevitable uh, about a recession, which always reminds me whenever I say the word inevitable. Of Mike Tyson once saying the word inedible. Inedible. And I always found Mike Tyson like the sweetest talker. Uh, But man, his first 10 fights in boxing, he was a mean, bad man. President Biden said there's nothing inevitable about a recession. And I hate political talk like that because we're talking about it and he should be addressing it and how he's going to fight it instead of saying, if you don't say it, if you don't say Candyman, Candyman won't come. Candyman's coming. Um, will we have a deep recession? Will we have a short recession or will we skirt a recession? doesn't matter. All three are important to talk about. Europe's uh, firing up their coal plants, telling you again, that morals sometimes could be pushed aside for fuel. Yeah, I get that Europe is more into tree hugging the United States and they shut down a lot of their coal plants, but now to keep things humming and moving and trying to save natural gas uh, because of what Russia and Ukraine are doing, fire up the coal. Um, is it a step back for environmentalists? Yeah, I get it. Gas prices are starting to fall. It's a summer solstice miracle. 
Average gasoline price has dropped below $5 in the United States for the first time in nine weeks. Biden is talking about a taxpaying holiday for gas. Worth considering. He's talked about potentially giving all Americans a credit card with $300 of uh, credit for using on gas. That would be lovely, but you can't put together enough semiconductors, put together enough uh, credit card campaigns at this point in time. It's like, really? Yep. Uh, as early as today, we can hear the Supreme Court ruling on a Roe versus Wade overturning case. Um, I think that stands to be a very, very politically charged event in the United States, as does the back half of the year with midterm elections. What else do we need to hit? Vacations took a little different approach for tech billionaires. Industry moguls like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson spend their vacation cruising on yachts, visiting their own private islands and frequenting national parks. Uh, a little bit different than how you and I travel with our credit cards, right? As part of a recent study, 18 people spent a week working in the metaverse. Two dropped out after just a few hours wearing VR headsets while the rest reported feeling most anxious and frustrated by the end. I don't think we're where we need to be with the hardware, software, and effects on our brain issue. Um, I won't let my kids do AR, VR until at least 13 years old and at least or at most one hour a day. Uh, it just seems like a lot going on in your head. Amazon Prime Day is quickly approaching. July 12th and 13th will be Amazon Prime Day, which is kind of a silly made-up holiday, which Amazon is copying after China's Singles Day, 11-11, as a way of stimulating the economy and getting people to spend money on things like headphones and wireless earbuds, AirPods, uh, getting big discounts. I like buying on Black Friday. I like buying on Amazon Prime Day. I like buying when things are 20 to 30 to 40% off but I don't like buying things that I wouldn't normally buy. And that's the problem. We buy a lot of junk in America. It's probably one of the more interesting fights me and my spouse have had in the last 10 years is can you cut down on the stupid stuff you're buying? Not on can you cut down on spending, just on the stupid stuff. The guns that, that spray bubbles that you use two or three times and they're gone forever except for the getaway trash heap. Um, as the crypto market dips at a mile a minute pace, Binance has built a 150 person investigation team trying to track down criminals have flocked to the crypto exchange. Um, there's a lot going on with crypto. Can you imagine having to deal with burglary on top of the fluctuations in price? If it's not for you, it's not for you is what I'm getting at. Again, I'll say crypto, if you want to own 1% to 5%, I'm fine with that. If you hit a home run, you're going to be really happy you had those, those lottery tickets. If you strike out, you're going to go, ah, it was just 1% to 5%. Uh, where would I rather you put money right now? Stock market or Bitcoin? You can put 1% to 5% in Bitcoin, but I want you to put the other 95% in the stock market or some sort of cash equivalent, some sort of average in tool, some sort of emergency fund. I'm not against it. I'm just, I'm not betting on it. And I'm, I'll let you, you can have that one. I give that one to you. Um, elsewhere in the world of headline news, stocks are jumping today. Analysts say the major indices are set for a sympathy bounce after the market holiday. What is a sympathy bounce? It is a dead cat bounce. It is a bear market bounce. It is a time to look at your portfolio and go, you know what? 
I'll take a 5% up move on my big loser and I'll go to some cash. It's time to maybe raise some profits until you see inflation numbers go down, until you see the Federal Reserve say we're cutting interest rates or we're thinking about going neutral, until you see big job cuts. You got to see the white of their eyes. This is not the white of the eyes. Um, and typically you see it by a down day on the market, like down 600. And then by the end of the day, it's up 300. You need a big reversal. This is not a big reversal. With that said, if this is the bottom, great. I'm wrong. That's a great problem to have. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Don't miss an episode of the Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the stories that I saw that I was thinking about putting together for you is retiring this year could be a worst case scenario. If I were thinking about retiring, I would look at all my finances. I would work with a financial planner five years before I retire, something I'm currently doing. I would like the ability to walk away from all income sooner rather than later and just support myself. I think I could do it. I don't necessarily want to do it, but it's starting to become part of my plan because when I turn 60, 65, or 70, I'm definitely doing it somewhere in that window, right? I'd like to see my grandkids if I have grandkids. I'd like to see my kids since I have kids. Um, there's things that I want to do to stretch that part of my life into interesting. One of the worst times to retire is right now. Inflation's high. Markets are low. Last year at this time was a great time to retire. Inflation was low. Markets were at all-time highs. One thing you can't afford to do is ostrich out on me. You got to look at your 401k. And one thing that I want you to do right now is take a look. Is there anything stupid in your 401k? Like, did you set it up for like the highest riskiest investment that now you're like, oh, I wish I would have done that. It's okay to reset. I don't know if I would do it as a gut reaction, but it's okay to reset. If you, for instance, were offered Bitcoin in your 401k and now you're like, no, I'm kind of over it. <clears throat> now may be the time to set that field from 5% to 0% or 2% or whatever it is in your head. Look at your 401k. The year's halfway over. Make sure that you're funding your 401k. 20 years ago, I was working with a company that changed payroll providers halfway through the year. And I just assumed that my 401k would automatically roll over to the right place and automatically get funded with my paycheck. I was too busy building this career. I was too busy with life and I missed out on about six months of 401k contributions. I'm almost embarrassed by that, except for I can tell you about it and we can all learn from it. So let's not be embarrassed. Toyota raises 2030 vehicle, electric vehicle sales outlook to 8 million. There's going to be a day very soon when Tesla is no longer the largest EV maker. Will that change its status? Will that change its swagger? With professional investors, it will. With you, probably not. There's car companies out there that have better automated driving systems than Tesla. So you shouldn't fall in love with it for that reason. There's companies out there that are catching up very quickly on battery technology. Um. But what's really helping Tesla right now is they're the perceived market leader in a market that has very low 
electric vehicle penetration in the United States. Um, I enjoy my electric vehicle. Yesterday on the second longest day of the year, I had the overflow charge my vehicle. So I got free gas this uh, next 10 days, roughly. Free electrical miles or free. I don't know. How, how would you even refer that? Anyhow, Bitcoin skidded under 20,000 earlier this weekend. Yesterday was a market holiday, so you might not have checked in. But on Saturday, Bitcoin dropped to 17,000, 18,000. And yeah, it's above 20,000 now, but the trend is still lower. And we're assuming the trend right now is uh, more inflationary numbers are coming for the next six months. Let's cut that time frame to three. But there's going to be another 75 basis point cut, it looks like, in July. I don't think Bitcoin or the markets are going to handle that terribly well. That's headline risk. That's just ouch. Um, and so far, that's been very negative for both. A U.S. investor has purchased Chelsea Football Club from Putin associate Abramovich. Um, it's kind of fascinating watching how this all plays out with the oligarchs and the billionaires. 60 Minutes did a nice piece on London and how the, London in the last 20 years has been very open to letting Russian billionaires come in and buy things, essentially launder money, uh, buy a house with essentially stolen money from your country, peoples. And then you have a house. And next time you sell it, you have the cash from it. And it's no longer tainted by the people from your country. There's going to be books written about subverting uh, liens and and, uh, attacks on billionaires. Abramovich, his spending produced results. Chelsea won five Premier League domestic titles and two champion league trophies against the best clubs from all the top leagues in Europe. He's been a bit of a hero in London for spending money. It's funny how billionaires can become heroes, right? The island of Dr. Moreau, you have a scientist and you have the villagers, the the islanders, and they're like, we love him, we love him. He gives us medicine, but he also takes our children and turns them into animals. Chelsea as an investment hasn't been great. Um, They haven't had the positive income, but they've had the titles. So the valuation's gone up. It's very interesting. Todd Bowley, a co-owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, whose free spending strategy over the past decade has been credited for reviving the Dodgers. He promised a similar event with Chelsea. Um, So he says, like me, I'm American. I have money. We'll make some winners here. Right? So Chelsea generates about 200 million EBITDA. EBITDA is one of those funny terms on Wall Street. It stands for earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization. And if I were to say that to, if I were like 25 years old and I was going to go into a bar and compete with other men for the interest of the young ladies, I would say my EBITDA is, I throw down my income, but when you throw in the word EBITDA, she should lose interest. She go, oh, you're an EBITDA guy. So you say, yeah, you make 10 million, but that's all before earnings and taxes and amortization and write-off. So you're really not worth it. Um, and yet you can't deny that Chelsea as a football club is you know, worth another billion every year, it feels like. Just throw that out there for you.
COVID vaccines for kids under five. Um, the only thing I see that leading to is in some heavily Democrat states saying your kid has to be vaccinated every year before they go to kindergarten. And I see that as a show. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to pass or not, but, um, you know, we still do measles shots. So should we just eliminate those two? I don't know. I'm not smart enough on that one to help anyone out. Mondelez is buying Cliff Bar for $2.9 billion. Cliff Bar is a famous bear company with amazing perks out of Emeryville. They are going to continue to manufacture products out of facilities in Indiana and Idaho. Mondelez said it expects a deal which could pay out more to the sellers over time to close in the third quarter. What kind of stinks about that is I know some people who work at Cliff and they're kind of bummed. They didn't mind being private. They didn't mind not having Wall Street pressure. And now there's going to be Wall Street pressure. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. I can set you up with Stephanie Richmond and her team, CFP Chad Burton and his team. Going to be working with some webinars and seminars coming up in 2023, maybe as late as fall of 2022. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. We are seeing that there's a little bit of a rebound day. Some of the headlines that might be causing a little bit of a rebound reports that the national average gasoline prices dropped back below $5 a gallon to $4.97 a gallon. Okay. Better than expected earnings results from Lennar. JetBlue upping its acquisition offer for Spirit Airlines to $33.50. Kellogg's pushing a value creation initiative as seems split into three separate companies. I talked about that earlier in the show on creating value. It would create value if Google were to break up their YouTube division from their advertising. Down the road, maybe you'll see Apple say, you know, we've got the wearables which is a top 200 company in the United States. We have the software. We have uh, the iTunes store. We have services. We have hardware. We have augmented reality. We have a car. We've got phones. They can create some value if they want to. And you'll say, well, the phones are a slow growing business, but the services with music and TV is a fast growing. Has anyone seen severance on Apple TV? Is it worth watching? That's my question. I just need one good referral. And so far, I don't have time to look for myself, so I'm asking you. Credit Suisse is upgrading ExxonMobil to outperform from neutral. The only way I would own ExxonMobil at these points is to say I want to own something for income. I'm not playing the long-term price on oil, even though I do think oil's new norm might not be 60 to $80. It might be 80 to $100 going forward. Uh, of which case you can make a case for an ExxonMobil being a very highly profitable company for the foreseeable future. Um, it's just not my investment, but if you were to say, take away the name and go with income, don't tell me the name of the stock. I'd be absolutely extractive. So right now we have all three major indices in the green. What's worthy of note on this is how do we close? We've only been open for about an hour. We've not seen a significant dip. We've seen a slight steady march higher. So the SP 500 is up 
The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.7. The NASDAQ up 3%. The Russell 2000 up 2.2%. Crude oil sits at $111 a barrel. The 10-year treasury sits at 3.29%, showing you a little bit of escape for lower rates equals easier stock market opportunities. Stocks are rising after the S&P 500's worst week since March 2020. Yesterday, the markets were closed. I'm seeing Bitcoin up at eight ninety, up at twenty one thousand five thirty three, up eight hundred ninety three bucks, up four percent. It started the day off a little bit in the red, so it's put it in a move above twenty thousand. Um, again, a lot like all the other markets, it's been a rough ride this year, and let's not say one week turns around a market, but let's say fingers crossed, this is better than last week. Um, that's where I'll go with this one. I think that's fair. Um, history is something that we look at on Wall Street. I don't want to pass something on to you right now. History says the next bull market is just months away, and it could carry the S&P 500 to 6,000 level. This according to an analyst from Bank of America. The S&P 500 equity benchmark, if it hits 3,000, Bank of America says time to gorge. I'll, I'll put that mental note together for myself. One strategist I was reading that I like a lot this weekend said, the markets don't hit a bottom until inflation hits top. I don't think that's a crazy statement. So maybe the market doesn't hit a bottom until we see massive job cuts across the United States. Maybe the market doesn't hit a bottom until the Federal Reserve says, you know, we're not going to raise 75 basis points. We're going to probably hold neutral next time and see how things play out. But right now they're saying we're raising 75 basis points. This is almost too easy. That's the problem. It's almost textbook. And that always freaks out we on Wall Street. The average peak trough bear market is a decline of 37.3% over a span of 289 days. Matching that pattern would put an end to the pain on October 19, 2022. Look how well Bank of America's thought this out. That happens to mark the 35th anniversary of Black Monday, which is a big stock market crash from 1987. And again, this is to say, let's put the template on history down. The peaked trough bear market decline of 37.3% over 289 days. We know that historically. We know that we can see when this one hit a peak. We can see where the trough might be. But are we there yet? An end typically marks a new beginning. Bank of America noted the average bull market lasts 64 months with a 98% return. So if you've weathered the storm so far, you might be getting closer to better days. So says Bank of America. I find history interesting and very informative. We had a subprime crisis loan we had a subprime loan crisis in 2007. We had a tech bubble in 2000. In 2020, we had a pandemic fear. In 1998, we had a company called Long-Term Capital. In the 1990s, we had saving and loans crisis, which they basically lent money that they shouldn't have. And then collecting it back caused a massive recession. In 1987, we had a stock market crash. So we can look at dates and we could look at history and it's pretty obvious. 
But you can go all the way back to 1937 when see where the Federal Reserve raised interest rates in front of a recession. Will we make that same policy mistake? Oof. Maybe. Maybe. That's the fear that people have. That This one could be different because of where we started with low interest rates. Not a lot of wiggle room to move on the downside. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I always try to put together a lot of content for you. Um, and some of what I'm trying to put together right now is trying to get you some positives. In 2024, Amazon could run out of U.S. workers. In 2024, they might have to consider a more efficient hiring process, higher pay, automation, uh, different performance standards. All you can say is that human beings as employees need to be treated differently and not disposable because Amazon's running out of people who potentially could work for them. How do they get around that issue? $8,185. That's the average new mortgage payment in San Jose, California. It rose $3,000 since the beginning of the year when the average mortgage payment in San Jose was $5,300. It's now $8,100. That shows you what's happening there. We are due for a housing market pullback. Whether you like it or not. And I'm okay with that. I've had it stinks because I get reports sent to me every month on homes around me and what they're selling for. And in the last two months, I've seen my home start to dip. I've seen my vacation property dip. I've seen the old home that I used to live in dip. I've seen some homes in Santa Barbara where it's kind of like my vacation retirement area. I've seen them continue to move higher. So the real estate market's not wide across a board. It's much, much deeper of an understanding and complex issue. But with higher mortgage rates, what I just quoted out of San Jose, I should tell you, people can't really afford what they used to be able to afford in the Bay Area. I know this is a national podcast. Twitter said Tuesday that its board of directors is recommending that shareholders vote in favor of a merger. Yeah, they're not going to get a better deal than what Elon Musk originally offered. Uh, I think that's a no-brainer. But Elon overpaid, and now he's trying to not wiggle out of it, but he's trying to say, here's some of the issues that I have. And his conference call with employees was just a mess. Um, I'm not speaking poorly of autism, but the man jumped around in really strange ways in his conference call to employees, and he carried on about things that weren't really brought up. To the point that he was talking about space aliens at some point in this, I'm going to take you over. And I don't think they saw an evil man, but also I don't think they saw a very focused man. A lot of what he said in his call with employees, he's already said out loud. We move headquarters, considering it. Can we work at home? Probably not, unless you're a genius. Um, I see that as one heck of a mess of a company to work with. Just me. Call me cray cray. But I see that as one messy company to work with. Venture capital is going to be getting hit harder in the near future. Very similar to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's getting hit harder than the NASDAQ. NASDAQ's getting hit harder than the S&P 500. 
in 2021, venture capital-backed companies raised almost two-thirds of $1 trillion globally. One minute. But in the first three months of 2022, venture funding fell 21% quarter over quarter. Funding is expected to drop another 19%. So the IPO market should start to shrivel and dry up, which is good. Because during a bear market, we want to look around and see where our dollars can go. You don't want it to go to an extra company that you've never heard of. A little bit more focus would be positive, but it also shows you that speculation is getting hit the hardest right now in the markets. If you're someone who's got a great fintech idea and you're not quite public yet, you're probably not going to see a big paycheck from VCs unless you're really on to something. They're not spreading their bets then. They're asking you to, to, to use your money wisely. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 